When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to All the Books, a weekly show of recommendations and enthusiasm regarding the week's new book releases. This is episode 427, and today we are talking about books being released on August 22nd, 2023, and more. I'm Liberty Hardy, here with Patricia L. Z. Tuttle, and we're coming to you from BookRiot.com. Patricia, hello! Hey, Liberty! So, this is episode 427, and like last week, I looked it up, and please feel free to write to me if this is your area code, but I couldn't find... It was just like, this is just like a general area code for North America. It doesn't really belong to any one place, so... I was like, okay, that's what happened last week, too. And then I started nerding out about Roman numerals, and it all went downhill from there. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so I, we actually usually get on the phone and start talking, but I was just like, Patricia, I've had such a week that I can't, I'm going to mention it on the show and I can't tell you again now. Cause like, I don't want to put you through it twice. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let me have it. Okay. So it has been a week. Um, it started off amazing. I interviewed Nick Fuller Guggins in Portland about his new book, The Great Transition, which is amazing. And it was really fun. And I've missed doing in-person events. Like it's been a really long time. And I I had a great time. And that was, like, the great start to my week. So the rest of my week, of course, was horrible. We had, like, family medical emergencies, friend medical emergencies. My husband was going to his 40th class reunion, and he was staying at his dad's house. And then his dad was exposed to COVID, so he couldn't stay there. So we were rushing to, like, find a place for him to stay. And his dad has tested negative, but, like, we were, you know, being safe. Also, can I just say, like, that's my husband's 40th class reunion, which sounds really funny when I tell you that I'm 47. (laughs) But anyway, so this was just, like, I couldn't get any work done, and I was, like, trying to do, you know, whatever and checking on everybody. And and then yesterday morning, it started to pour, like, harder than I've ever seen it rain here. I couldn't even see a few feet, like, into our driveway. Like, it was raining so hard, and I was like, well, that can't be good. And I went downstairs, and sure enough, like, it wasn't even there. Water was running down the steps of the bulkhead into our basement. Like, it never does that. And it was just, like, in sheets, just, like, coming out. And I was like, oh! And so I said to you, I said, this is all too much. Can we just, you know, because we were supposed to record yesterday. Can we please just, you know, do it tomorrow? And you were so gracious and said yes. Uh, And then, so a couple hours after that, I was in the living room because, like, I was finishing up everything. This is a very long story. I'm very sorry. And... I, you know, I do all my exercises in the living room and I do all my chores and then I come in my office to work. Well, I was in the living room exercising and I heard this loud thump in my office. So I came in because like, I was like, well, a stack of books fell over. That happens. Well, what actually what happened was the ceiling in my office started leaking and (gasps) down onto my books and they got so waterlogged that they fell over. Oh no! It was like, it was like my stack of really nice art books that I got for my birthday and I cried for a couple of minutes and then I got over it but like I never 
what happened was like it was just literally the perfect storm. The way the rain was coming down and the wind was blowing, it came in the vent that goes to the fan in our bathroom. Mm-hmm. But instead, was so there was so much water it leaked down through the ceiling in my office. It was oh, a buddy. It was a wicked bummer. And so I was like running around, like pulling all these books out, and like I couldn't have even recorded last night after all because my office was just covered in books, and all these fans were going, and it stunk. <laughs> buddy, you what know? an absolute nightmare! I was like, why couldn't it Ugh. have been like in any other room of the house? It would have been much better. <laughs> So, yeah. Ugh, what a nightmare. Every book lover's nightmare. But, you, like, you know, like, some of them are wrecked and some of them, they're never going to be the same shape again. But, like, they'll dry and it'll be fine and okay, whatever. But, I mean, yeah, like, you know, people are always like, your books look like you don't read them. And I was like, you know, I'm very careful with my books. And so I had this big stack of art books and now they're all, like, warped and bleh. Bleh, indeed. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Ugh, I'm sorry. So, yeah, I just thought I would unload on the show today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I I hear you. It's been quite a time. Quite a time for a lot of people. Yeah. Now I'm going to ask you how you are, but first, before I do that, we are going to hear from our first sponsor. Okay, I'm sorry I hogged, like, all that time whining about my problems. <laughs> uh how i am uh so i just want to give a shout out to any of our listeners or listeners who have friends or family in maui lahaina that uh is raised to the ground by the fires is where my mom lived and her car was still over there that we tried to get the company to take back and they didn't so my mom's car was lost to the fire uh we have friends over there and my mother's friends who have lost everything and so we've been in contact with them and so like that's just the cherry on top of everything because I can't even go back to the place that meant so much to my mom or like where I like there was a restaurant I sang at one time (laughs) over there and then there was uh the place where I bought my first ukulele and but even all of that aside just uh the friends and loved ones we have over there and the people and and my heart goes out to everyone so it's like I am actively grasping at any glimmer of joy that I can. And so my day job had sent me, uh, they bought me a desk, they bought me a second monitor, because uh, the house we moved into has space for like a proper office studio which I have never had. So I got my space set up and I put giant prism stickers on the window. So for about like three hours every morning this time of year, I just get like intense rainbows just covering me and my desk and everything in the room. I saw that. It's like a rainbow (laughs) disco. Yeah, it's it's great. And I bought those little cloud lamps from Ikea that we're going to put up and just make it a funky little little space. And like I said, I'm just grasping at joy wherever I can. So sure, let's put rainbows everywhere. I'm sorry, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> likewise. And, and, you know, I'm I am exponentially more sorry for for all the folks who have lost someone over there or who have lost their everything yeah their homes yeah so but then i'm also just kind of like uh 
hiding in books right now. <laughs> well, that is good because that is what we are going to talk about today. Absolutely. Before we do that, I want to remind you about Taylor's book recommendations. If you want to escape the dog days of summer with perfect book recommendations, you can get Taylor's book recommendations where we will pick awesome books to keep you entertained. You can touch grass, grab some lemonade, and enjoy TBR's picks. They're great for readers of all stripes and plans are available for all budgets. Visit mytbr.co to sign up today. It only takes a few minutes. Fill out a few questions. They're easy. You know the answers. That's mytbr.co. All right. We are changing things up a little bit today because I did not get reading done (laughs) this week. So you're going to kick it off. No worries. I did. Yeah. Yeah. I did some reading. Let's see. So for my first pick, I have Bored to Death by C.J. Connor. Full disclosure, C.J. Connor is a fellow writer, and this is their first book in a series of quosy mysteries. Quosy being a combination of the words queer and cozy, and I think that is adorable. Our protagonist is Ben Rosencrantz, and we begin on his 30th birthday. Ben was an English professor in the Pacific Northwest, and he recently divorced from his husband and moved back to the Salt Lake City area to help run his father's board game shop, as well as take care of his father, who is having some health issues. Ben's heart is really tender from having to leave a teaching job he loved, from the divorce, from his father's deteriorating health, and also just not expecting to be moving back in with his father at age 30. The board game shop is named Of Dice and Dex, and it's in a small, tight-knit community of shops in the Sugar House neighborhood. The kind of neighborhood where everyone knows each other, and some of the elders definitely have been around since Ben was a kid. Ben doesn't mind this, and while it's not ideal, he still loves the community he grew up in, and there's a certain amount of comfort he gets from being around people he has known his whole life. Of Dyson Dex is not doing super well financially. Ben's father added a bit of a coffee shop element to it, and folks do come in for their caffeine, and that may be the main thing keeping them afloat right now. So we start at Of Dyson Dex, and an incredibly shady guy named Clive comes in. Ben doesn't know him personally, but he does know that Clive is always trying to like sell some kind of knockoff or something to his father who turns him away every time, of course. As you can imagine, Clive gives off really bad vibes. He goes into the shop telling Ben that he has something to offer him that Ben is not going to want to turn down. He just finally verbally wears down Ben, and Ben takes him in the back room slash office to hear what Clive has to say before throwing him out. Clive claims to have an original copy of The Landlord's Game, which is a game that actually existed and that Monopoly basically stole its idea from. I've always been intrigued by the story of The Landlord's Game, and I was super excited that it gets a big appearance in this book. Copies of The Landlord's Game can go for a lot of money, and Clive is weirdly trying to offload this game fast and cheap. Well, Ben turns him away, and late that night, Ezra, the florist from next door and possible love interest, and Ben are alone in the game shop. 
And there's a knock at the door, and it's Clive with a knife stuck in his chest. Dun, dun, dun. This cozy mystery was a ton of fun, and I recommend it if you're a fan of cozy mysteries and or books with queer protagonists. It's Bored to Death by C.J. Connor. All right. My first pick for today is one that I have read. It is I'm Not Done With You Yet by Jesse Q. Sutanto. We have mentioned Jessica Sutanto on the show so many times. I think this is either the second or third time this year. Uh, she wrote Vera Wong's Unsolicited Advice for Murderers, which came out earlier this year. She did the Dial A for Auntie series. There was a YA she did last year that I really enjoyed called Well, That Was Unexpected. This is a new thriller that is very much for adults about horrible people who say and do horrible things. So remember that going into it. Just horrible people. So it is about a writer named Jane. She is the protagonist. And Jane is a sociopath. During her life now, she is a writer. Uh, she's married. She feels like she tricked her husband. Like she had to pretend to be normal to get a husband because it was just something that people did. They get, they become adults and they get married. But now she no longer wants to pretend and they no longer get along. Her novels aren't selling and she's pretty miserable. She doesn't know what she's going to do next. And then she finds out that her former classmate from grad school at Oxford, Thalia, has sold a book for seven figures. Now, nine years ago, they were in grad school together at Oxford. Their last day together was a bloody one, and they haven't talked since then. Thalia hasn't even shown up on social media, and Jane has been checking. She checks all the time. She's never been able to find her again. So we go back and learn how Jane meets Thalia, who she thinks is just the most beautiful, friendliest person she's ever met. She's just this light that everyone is drawn to at school. And Thalia seems to want to be Jane's friend. So Jane becomes besotted with her, basically, and finds their friendship to be so exciting. And they take writing courses together and they're hanging out. And Jane wants to spend every second that she can with Thalia because she's just feels like it's too good to be true. She's going to turn around one day and be like, I don't want to be your friend. What am I doing hanging out with you? You're the worst. There is another girl named Ani who comes from a very rich family. And she is also Thalia's friend. And Jane hates her and thinks she's trying to take Thalia away from her. And things are going to come to a head. Now, nine years later, Jane discovers through this announcement about her book that Thalia is going to be at a book convention And Jane absolutely needs to see her because she just wants to be her friend again and recapture the thrill she got being around Thalia that she lost, you know, all those years ago. This is a nasty, twisty thriller of mind games. Like I said, people do terrible things. People say terrible things. We hear from Jane as the story is teased out and it has you wondering, of course, like, was their friendship real? Did they really lose, just lose touch? What happened nine years ago? What's going to happen when she sees Thalia again? You know, if you like books with unlikable characters, if you, you know, can't wait to find out what someone's going to do, it's a little gone girlish, I think. What I liked about it is that in the end, the author, Jesse Cusutanto, makes these really valid points about social media, about the internet, about mental illness, and about stereotypes. I do want to give content warnings. There are a lot for this book, including gore, stalking, violence, murder, gaslighting, infidelity, classism, racism, sexism, child neglect, body shaming and fat phobia, toxic friendship, 
and substance use and abuse. And like I mentioned, because there are bad people doing bad things in this book, uh, there is a couple of instances of characters lying about physical abuse and child and adult sexual assault. This is a fast and nasty punch of a thriller. It's I'm Not Done With You Yet by Jesse Q. Sutanto. For my next pick uh, that I did read today, uh, well, I didn't read it today, but I read recently, is Plantains and Are Becoming Poems by Melania Luisa Marte. This is a book of poetry unlike any other I've read. Granted, I've not read a ton of poetry, and because of that, I, like I'm sure many people do, have some preconceived notions about what to expect from poetry. I think what makes this poetry collection so different from others I have read that while the author definitely examines the past and ancestral knowledge and generational trauma and generational healing, many of the poems in this collection are fervently contemporary. Like the language used and the pop culture references are so squarely in the right now, and it serves to make the examination of history and colonialism so incredibly present and not just a thing of dusty old books. Melania Luisa Marte is Afro-Latina, and she begins the book by telling readers that the term Afro-Latina isn't even in the dictionary. Through the book, she explores this identity, how it is an identity of its own and not just a mashup of two disparate identities. She looks at this identity not only through the lens of someone in the United States, but through the lenses and histories of the Dominican Republic and Haiti. So many of the poems take on difficult, painful subjects, and at the same time, Marte manages to uplift the beauty that can be found in some sometimes incredibly ugly topics. I do not speak Spanish, but Marte so deftly weaves together English and Spanish and conveys the vibe so expertly that readers will get what she's saying no matter the language she says it in. I personally love reading works by writers in parts of the diaspora that I am not familiar with as my own. It's a reminder that while we are connected through our ancestors and through the violence they endured, we are also connected through language and culture and certain shared experiences. This is Plantains and Our Becoming, Poems by- You know, I was going to read that one. Because I was like, oh, I'm not going to get to like a, a full length book. I- I'm going to read something short. And I was like, oh, poetry. And then I remembered that you were going to read it. So <laughs> we were on like the same wavelength. Also, like possibly unpopular opinion. I think that poetry books have the best titles. I may have said this before, but like they get the best titles. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I can't think of any of my favorites. <laughs> <laughs> there's a there's a, a Tony... Tony Hoagland one that um, fittingly is called What Narcissism Means to Me and uh, Stephen Dobbins, Paul Bearer's Envying the One Who Rides. I've always like, I just think they get the best, the best titles and some of the coolest covers too. So I always think like I need to read more poetry and then I don't and I don't know why that is. Well, and I also, I, I do love poetry on audiobook as well. Like I know you don't do audiobooks as much, but just like having someone and it's typically the author just read poems to me is just yeah i love it i love it 
Yeah. I mean, like, I just don't think I have the attention span for an audiobook. I mean, I've tried several times. And, like, you want me to be paying attention to the road when I am driving. I am, like, I need to be focusing on one thing at a time. So, like, you don't want me to listen to them driving. And I never go anywhere. So, it's, like, people, you know, say, like, listen to them while you're washing the dishes. It's, like, so a 12-hour audiobook for three minutes a day, like, how long is that going to take me, you know? Like, seriously. So I walk laps in my house. I walk around between the living room and the bedroom and back out into the living room again, right? And it takes 20 steps, and I count my laps, and I start off and I go one, one, one. And I kid you not that most times, by the time I get back around to the door, just I can't remember what number I'm on. Like, in, in 20 steps, which takes me, like, eight seconds. You know, like, I just, I'm like, I can't listen to an audiobook. Like, I just have already stopped paying attention by the time I've gone around, like, one time. I'm just like... <laughs> I don't know. Like I've tr- I try to listen to podcasts, and I'm just like, what were they saying? I don't know. I start thinking about other things as soon as I'm out of the room. <laughs> it's just like, I'll just keep walking and counting and not counting. <laughs> it's fine. So those are books that we have read and enjoyed. We are going to talk about a few more of today's releases, both in hardcover and paperback, that we are excited about but haven't necessarily read. My first pick is Swim Home to the Vanished by Brendan Shea Basham. This is a debut novel from a Diné writer. It's a book of grief and loss about a young man named Damien whose younger brother dies. And Damien is very distraught by this. They were very close. They lost their parents when they were younger. Um, And Damien leaves his home and goes on a journey towards the sea. Just, like, starts walking. And he winds up in a fishing village that is also experiencing a loss right when he arrives. Um, And he ends up there caught in a battle between the town Bujas. This sounds amazing. I I will say I started this last week. It's very sad and enchanting. The writing is beautiful. There are speculative elements. Like Damien is growing gills and he's got the limbs of his brother, but maybe he doesn't. And those are metaphors. And there's lots of talk of water. It, it, I am really enjoying the book, but like I told you about my week, it was more than my brain could handle with everything going on this week. I could not give it the attention that it deserves. So I hope to pick it back up soon because it was really wonderful. It was definitely just me. Uh, So this is Swim Home to the Vanished by Brendan Shea Basham. And speaking of giving things their full attention, I just want to mention this because it turns out that a lot of people don't realize this. And I just want to point it out in case you decide to read The Bee Sting by Paul Murray. Came out last week. Excellent. It's on the Booker long list. Paul Murray is the author of Skippy Dies. I read it. I loved it. But there is sections in the book without any punctuation whatsoever, like, at all. And it's a choice by the author. Like, it's, it says something about the character who, whose section it is. But I thought, hmm, what do people think about this on the internet? And so I looked it up on Goodreads. I looked it up on, you know, Google. And there are a lot of angry people who think that they got a faulty copy of this book. Uh, so I just want to mention it here in case you decide to pick it up and you're like, where, like, cause like in whole paragraphs, there's no period at the end of sentences. It's just a capital letter to start the new one. So that is intentional. So if you were wondering, there you have it. Wow. I just had like a visceral reaction when you said (laughs) that. Like my face did a thing. I'm so glad I'm not on camera right now. Um. (laughs) I mean, it's, you have to, you, you have to pay very close attention, you know, like, it's not easy. It it slowed me down considerably, like, reading that character. But, like, I I mean, 
I'm like, hey, this is what the author wants to do. That's what they want to do, you know. Yeah, but, totally. But some people don't realize that, and so they're they're very mad. <laughs> so I have uh, the Water Outlaws by S. L. Huang. This is a new book out today that I have not yet read because it's 500 pages and it sounds amazing. So I'm saving it to read for a time when I can actually sit and savor every bit of it. I know that once I start reading this, I'm not going to want to put it down. So I need to like clear my calendar. If you have listened to this show for a while, then you probably know that I love a good wuxia tale. This is a retelling, a reimagining of a very famous 14th century Chinese classic called Water Margin. This updated version is queer, feminist, and promises to be an amazing ride. Our protagonist is Lin Chong. She has made a good life for herself as an expert arms instructor for the emperor's army, and she tends to lay low and not rock the boat. Of course, until some dude comes along and ruins every bit of that. Now she's on the run, she's tattooed as a criminal, and being pursued by some someone with like big Les Miserables Javert vibes. <laughs> I thought you, sorry, I'm interrupting you. I thought you were gonna say big legs. You're like big legs, big like being legs. With big legs. I mean, he <laughs> might have big legs. I don't know. I haven't read it yet. Okay, sorry. Carry on. <laughs> but eventually, Lin Chong is recruited by the bandits of Liangshan, a group of outlaws who fight for all of us who have been shoved to the bottom of the edge of society. They believe in justice, and they love hard, and they fight harder. They are very anti-tyranny and pro-justice. And if this hasn't convinced you to read this yet, there's also a heist in here somewhere. And I hear that there are also some amazing fight scenes and clever twists. I am really excited to dig into this book. It's The Water Outlaws by S.L. Huang. All right. And my last pick for today which I have not read, is Sir Hereward and Mr. Fitz, Stories of the Witch Knight and the Puppet Sorcerer by Garth Nix. I learned lots of things today writing the notes for this. I have never read Garth Nix, which seems amazing. He has written the Old Kingdom series for teens, which starts with Sabriel, which came out in 1995. So it's 28 years old now. I, I've never read them. I don't. I have them all, I, of course, but I, I haven't read them. This is his first book for adults. Like, I was very surprised because I just thought, like, oh, he has all these books and he must, you know, he, of course he has adult books. I didn't know he was Australian. That was something else I learned today. This is actually a collection of previously published short stories about Sir Hereward, who is a knight, and Mr. Fitz, who is a sentient wooden puppet. Plus, there's another story in this collection that's never been published before. Um, the Mr. Fitz has been around for centuries, the puppet. He has absorbed, because of, like, having so much time spent around humans, he has absorbed enough of humans to actually become real, even though he looks like a three-foot wooden puppet. And apparently this is a thing that has happened quite a bit in this world, um, so no one freaks out. I start, actually started reading the first story at lunch today, um, which is called Sir Hereward and Mr. Fitz Go Back to War, and it was sort of this medieval military fantasy but also either in a whole different world or maybe set in the future because they have a couple of 
pieces of technology that seem more recent. And also they mentioned that the paved roads have all but disappeared under the vegetation. And I was like, well, they didn't have pavements back then. So maybe this is the future again. I don't know, but it was really fun and I can't wait to get back to them. So this is Sir Hereward and Mr. Fitz, Stories of the Witch Knight and the Puppet Sorcerer by Garth Nix. For my last pick, I'm I'm practically vibrating with excitement to share this with everyone. It is Safe and Sound, a Renter-Friendly Guide to Home Repair by Mercury Stardust. Oh, too soon. <laughs> okay, so this book is out today. And it's typically the kind of book I may save to share for our annual gift book show, but I have been waiting forever for this book, and it's just too good for me to hold on to and not share for you with you this very minute. Mercury Stardust is also known as the Trans Handy Ma'am, and she makes TikToks and Instagram reels of compassionate home repair. And I don't know her, but she seems like a gosh darn delight. I cannot speak for everyone, but I know that I have certainly gone into a hardware store or talked to some home maintenance person who happens to be a dude, and I've gotten responses that are so disgustingly, unnecessarily condescending that I've ended up boycotting entire businesses. Mercury Stardust's whole thing is that you should never feel ashamed for not knowing home repair things, especially if you were never taught. And she gives home repair advice and education in a way that is gentle and accessible and doesn't make readers feel like fools. Also, this book focuses on home repairs for renters, which is like 36% of us in the United States, and often we don't have certain abilities, knowledge, or freedom to repair the homes we live in in the same way as property owners. This book is really heavy on the visuals. In addition to illustrations, there are QR codes that can be scanned that lead to how-to videos and also Mercury's famous pep talks. The author not only goes over renter-friendly repairs, but a lot of apartment basics that, again, many of us weren't necessarily taught. Things like safety, what to look out for when apartment hunting, how to fill out a work order, how to make sure you get your full deposit back, and even an overview of what the basic tools are that you should own. I am so grateful for this book and for the author. It's Safe and Sound, a Renter-Friendly Guide to Home Repair by Mercury Stardust. All right. So now we are going to talk about some paperback releases out today. But before we do that, we are going to hear from another sponsor. Okay. So few paperbacks out today, starting with Dinosaurs by Lydia Millett. It's about a man who takes off on a long walk to recover from heartbreak and winds up staying next to a house with glass walls. Tree Thieves, Crime and Survival in North America's Woods by Lindsay Burjon. This is about the timber black market and tree poaching. Scenes from My Life, a memoir by Michael K. Williams. This is Williams' memoir. He is best known for Omar on The Wire and also Hap and Leonard. He passed away a couple of years ago. This came out uh, after he died. It's it's really good. He's so interesting. 
From a whisper to a rallying cry, the killing of Vincent Chin and the trial that galvanized the Asian American movement by Paula Yu, this is the multi-award-winning work of YA nonfiction about the murder of an Asian American man in Detroit. He was killed by three auto workers who say they were angry about their jobs possibly going overseas, uh, and they were given a slap on the wrist. Like, I don't even think they were jailed for it. And this is that story. Uh, like I said, it won tons of awards. It's excellent. Our Missing Hearts by Celeste Ng. This is a set in the near future where no one is allowed to discuss race or anything political or that other people might find upsetting. Um, and it's about a young boy whose mother, a Chinese-American poet, disappeared when he was nine. He's not allowed to discuss her. Her books have been banned. And now at the age of 12, he has received a mysterious letter. Ugh, that one's a little too on the nose. <laughs> oh, it's so good. It's so, so good. <laughs> When They Tell You to Be Good by Prince Shakur. This is his memoir about his move from Jamaica to the United States when he was young, the murder of his father, his travels all over the world, and navigating life as a young queer black man. And The Change by Kirsten Miller, which I talked about on the show before. I love this one. It's about three friends who come into different powers after starting menopause, and they join together to search for some missing young women in their town. So those are paperbacks today. Patricia, what are you going to read next? I am reading on a theme right now. So first I am reading Mermaids Never Drown, Tales to Die For, edited by Zoraida Cordova and Natalie C. Parker. And that is out, I think, September 26th. Um, and it is a I mean, short stories about mermaids. And I'm also reading The Siren, The Song, and The Spy by Maggie Takuda Hall, also out on September 26th. Also, her companion book to The Mermaid, The Witch, and the Sea, which I absolutely loved. And full disclosure, I know Maggie. Maggie is perhaps the most charming person I have ever met in my life. She is a delight. And so I'm really excited to be reading her book. How about you, Liberty? So I picked this one up because it has an illustration of an orange tabby cat sitting in a bowl, which is like my Instagram feed, basically. <laughs> um, it's called The Kamigawa Food Detectives by Hisashi Kashiwai and translated by Jesse Kirkwood. It's about a father and daughter team that re can recreate any food that you have uh, from memory that will sort of transport you back to where you you're you want to be when you first tasted it um it's being compared to before the coffee gets cold which is you know the time traveling coffee house book and it has an orange cat on the cover so i have to read it and i also picked up this very fascinating book called death glitch how techno solutionism fails us in this life and beyond by tamara niece it's either niece or kinese i'm sorry i i tried finding it online i could not figure out I couldn't find something saying how she pronounced it. But it's basically about social media and our accounts after we die. And how it's projected that in the year 2070, there will be more inactive social media accounts that belong to people who have passed away than active social media accounts belonging to people who are alive. And it talks about, like, you know, what they do when people die. Like, how Facebook used to have, like, a 30-day grace period and then they would take down an account. But then after the Parkland shootings... They started using them as memorials, and it just it's just something else to think about. 
because we do all these things and we don't think about them until later, <laughs> you know, like we just plow headfirst like into things that we can do without thinking about what's going to happen later. So I'm, I'm really interested in this one. So that's what I got. And I feel better. I got to talk about books today. I always feel better when I talk about books. Absolutely. Yeah. I just love talking to everyone. And even though I can't see you or hear you, you know, there are a couple of football stadiums of you and... And I love you all. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks for listening to us ramble about books all the time. Yeah, it's great. So, that is it for us today. You can visit mytbr.co to sign up today. Thank you to our sponsors. Thank you to our awesome audio editor, Jen Zink. You can drop us a line at all the books at bookriot.com. Patricia, where can people find you online? I am, uh, well, I'm mostly on Instagram, but I'm also on Blue Sky. I'm also still kind of on Twitter, I guess. Uh, I'm just everywhere at the info file, T-H-E-I-N-F-O-P-H-I-L-E. I'm, I'm just using that name everywhere. How about you? Uh, I mostly hang out on Instagram at Friends and Comes Alive, although I do do this thing on Blue Sky where I do song a day, um, where I just post a song. Because I try to listen to one every day now because I don't get a lot of music in my ears because I spend so much time reading. I don't know if there are any listeners out there who can listen to music with words while they're reading. I can't even listen to music without words while I'm reading. But my hat is off to you. Just like my hat is off to people who can read in the car because that's not me. I'm very Uh jealous of those people too. So, you know, I take the time every day to listen to like one song. Nice. Yeah. So... Uh, you can go to Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever it is that you get your podcasts and leave a rating or review. It helps other book lovers to find us, and we appreciate it so much. And as much as we would love to tell you about more books today, we just don't have the time, but you can read about more titles out now in the show notes at bookriot.com slash all the books, as well as find a link to our weekly new books newsletter. And for more recs or general bookishness, check out bookriot.com. And don't forget to check out our full stable of podcasts at bookriot.com slash listen, or just search Book Riot on your podcast player of choice. And in the meantime, happy, happy reading. reading.